Welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we're here to talk about how the football's coming home. Yeah, yeah it is. My name is Oscar oh. Puente. I am your host. <laughs> I am also known as Footy From Afar on Twitter. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Chuck Bailey. Oh, my dear Lord. I just saw England win a penalty shootout. I want to cry. This is ridiculous. <laughs> This is a safe space, as you told me last week, so feel free. To let I, don't know how to f- I don't know how to feel right now. I'm not going to lie, guys. I do not know how to feel. I think happy would probably be the way to go. I know that's a foreign concept <laughs> to England fans, but... Oh, Jesus. And uh, in the background, you hear chuckling. That's our super producer, Ian Stimson. He's the one that cuts our seven-hour conversations into a nice, digestible podcast and <laughs> makes us sound smart and good. How are you feeling, Ian? What were you worried about? what were you worried about (laughs) never in doubt never in doubt all right so very quickly the rundown today we're going to talk about obviously all the round of 16 matches talk about the quarterfinals and how those teams got there um try to give our predictions and put them down on paper i think we probably have some listener questions for the end and we might talk about england winning a world cup penalty shootout it's coming home it's coming home i do have to say i t- texted this to you guys and i told my wife as we were watching like the penalty kicks were about to start and i said if they win this if they get the penalty monkey off their back it's fucking coming exactly. home. They're oh, actually going to win this World Cup. I am going to like just put all my money down on England right now. Like That shit, they are the team of destiny. Believe me when I say <laughs> this to you. I remember when Chelsea won the Champions League in 2012, when we played like shit for most of that entire tournament, and things just kept falling our way, and we won the damn thing. We had Barcelona down a goal, down to 10 men. No actual central defenders left. We had... Ramirez playing right back and Bosingwa or something <laughs> playing in the center. <laughs> Fucking A. And we won the damn thing, right? Like it was the, you know, Torres goal and all that. And like, this is you guys. This is your moment. Bask in it. Bask in the glory. Chuck, I leave the floor to you. Tell me about the match. Tell me about your, well, your we, feelings, your thoughts, everything. Just go for it. Well, we still got to be Sweden, mate. So... <laughs> Let's not get too carried away at the minute. Um... It's so hard not to be so so fucking excited, and and it's it's incredible. Like I, I've spent a lifetime of of only seeing England drop at the end, and and seeing that Colombia last minute equaliser, you just thought, of course it was going to happen, and then you just thought they were going to nick another one, or if it went to penalties, it was gonna we were going to lose it, and Henderson misses his penalty, and you thought, right, so he's the new Southgate. And then Dyer steps up for the penalty for the last one. And you think, right, he's going to be the new Stuart Pierce, And you just, oh, my God. I've, I, I, no, Oscar, don't cut to me just yet. What are your thoughts? Because I'm still processing. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> um, I do think, you know, like I said, the getting the penalties, uh, sort of the mental block, the emotional block against them out of the way and winning on penalties, I think, is huge for the psychology of the team. We talked last week about psychology. Um, and I think that's Absolutely. big for them. I think it shows a lot of mental strength to concede that ridiculously late goal to Colombia. Like their hearts must must have fallen out of the bottom. Obviously the fans did, but like the players too. And you could see it in stoppage time that they were like, or in extra time rather, they were like fully deflated, but they still 
held on. Like, Colombia was still throwing everything at them to try to not get to penalties. And the mental fortitude to hold on, get to the pens, and then win in the pens in that situation, I think, cannot be understated. Similar, we're going to talk about later, Belgium being able to come back from two goals down that Mm. late 21 minutes and the mental fortitude. Like, those two teams just, I think, really surprised people, especially given their history at World Cup. So, like, that's the big takeaway for me. I know we have some friends in a group chat um, who were saying that, you know, they didn't play that well and so don't get carried away and blah, 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 blah. But, like, you don't have to be the best team to win the World Cup. In fact, the best team almost never wins the World Cup. It's the team that has a bit of luck, plays strategically to their strengths, and, you know, just kind of gets hot at the right time and in the right ways. Yeah. So No, what I, what I kind of wish, but add my only caveat from that, um, while I accept it. So, you know, we say that that game was so much about mind games and so much about the mental, which I believe in, because Colombia lost it early on. Now, it almost seemed to be about just trying to wind up England and just trying to not let them play. And England didn't put the game to bed in in that situation. Like, I think if England had been a bit more ruthless and, and could have found that cutting edge and just gone, no, you know what, we see a team now that's good, that's on a knife edge because they're getting yellow cards left, right and centre. Um, I think five in the first half or something stupid like that. Was it? And, and the ref just kept going and, and actually kept penalising them for stuff. That's where we wonder about England. That's where, like you said, the best team isn't, necessarily the one that wins the world cup is the one that takes their chances um and england capitalizing on that i thought for a while where they showed good discipline um and let colombia do that i thought we played that part of the game really really well however it was then giving them that killer blow of going nope we're going to go 2-0 up and then you're going to be fucked because the last part of the game colombia started to actually play which i thought was weird because i did I didn't think Colombia, from their point of view, had anything really to fear from England, which is why I thought it was strange that they were resorting to the foul them out, try and rile them, let's get that scrappy. Nah, win. I mean, Colombia knew full well that they were the worst team in the underdog in this match. Like, I know, again, England yeah, but not hesitant by, to ever... But not like... by a lot. There's no reason for Colombia to go full fucking Panama into it and just try and start, like, wrestling England players or just kicking them off the ball or, or headbutting like Jordan Henderson, which was just a weird fucking situation. Like, yeah. I never thought, you know, I was, I was quite hot on Colombia because I thought they played fairly well like they still had that kind of element in them and they have had that last world cup where they fucking broke neymar's spine i never thought they'd resort to that kind of thing against england i thought they they'd at least rely on their strengths enough which when they started to play later on and then they didn't get the yellow cards i thought okay this is where they can actually hurt england and it's weird that they weren't trying to play like this the whole time well i think they were distinctly aware that their best player was out and that they needed to, if they were going to do anything, sit deep and counter. And England handled that really well, I think, for the beginning period. They didn't quite get the goal in, obviously, like we talked, like you just talked about. But they were patient, and they were playing the ball slow and passing it around and trying to break down Colombia instead of just, I don't know, panicking, which I could easily see mm-hmm. them having done in yep. the past, not knowing what to do. And so Colombia just kind of responded to a level-headed England by trying to play to their mental weakness, their historically mental weakness, and to get them all riled up and to get them shook. Um, And I think England started to kind of rise to the bait in the second half. 
Um, we saw Lingard and Deli Alley get yeah. some unnecessary yellow cards there, but for the most part, they kept their cool. Obviously, until Colombia actually scored, but that that one defender Barrios, he shoved Raheem Sterling two handed in the penalty box. That should have been a penalty for me. I mean, no one really like flipped out about it on the TV or on Twitter or anything. But to me, that was like such an obvious penalty because it was not shoulder to shoulder. It was like two hands on him, full out shove, threw him out of bounds when Sterling could have had the ball. Yeah. And then also, same guy, like 15 minutes later, headbutts Jordan Henderson in the face. And then it's like, what, what, what? I didn't do anything. What do you mean? Like even his teammate, Juan Cuadrado, was standing right there. Like you could see in the slow-mo replay, his eyes went like bug-eyed when he saw him doing it. He was like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Why did you just headbutt that guy? Um, and we mentioned this. I don't remember when it came up in the one of the first two episodes, but that South American teams, when the pressure is on, tend to resort to sort of the dark arts. Like yeah. culturally, yeah. it's not necessarily seen as cheating as much as like doing whatever it takes to win. Like we, we talked about that. And I think that's yeah. exactly where Colombia went. Like they were like, oh, yeah. we'll do whatever it takes. England, we could easily, you know, throw them off their game. Ian, you've been kind of waiting to chime in a bit. Why don't you get in there? Well, yeah, I think I think you've you've called it quite well. I mean, England England did keep their heads really well for a long, long time in a lot of sort of provocation. I mean, that's one thing that in the past we have not done very well at all. Like we, we have lost it and they they really kept their head. I mean, the only the only player that I can think of who's got a temper on him properly is well, Henderson has sometimes, hasn't he? But yeah. Ali as well. Oh, I mean, Ali's definitely that's true. And yeah. Lingard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so most of the time. Okay, but okay, but they kept it under control a lot. Maybe yeah. I was starting to go along the alley route because I don't. He should not have been on the field. He should not have been starting. He was clearly. I mean, I don't know, maybe I've got it wrong, but like for me, he presumably told the manager he was fit. He didn't look fit. Well, it was, and... I, I didn't mind so much that he was starting, really. Obviously, like Ruben, Ruben had had a, had a good couple of games in that position. Yeah. But, you know, to see... I think if you're going to complain that Deli Ali's on a starting sheet, there has to be something majorly wrong. And I don't I think don't there think was anything fit, majorly wrong. But But once you saw him start to play, you were like, he's not really contributing anything. He's kind of wandering around in that midfield area. And I yeah. think he took a knock just before half time, And as well, he caused Kane to have to be coming so deep, basically into his position yeah. to try and get the ball. Like the amount of times that all of a sudden you look up, and you're like, oh, who's that getting the ball on the edge of the England box? Wait, yeah. that's Kane. Hang, hang on. what What's going on here? Yeah, he was kind of playing the old Rooney role of like, you look at him and say, what the fuck are you doing there? you should be playing in the box. Like he's a midfielder who'd be better as a striker is what he looked like today. Because again, because yeah. of Deli Ali. I think, I don't know if Ali's going to be fit for the next match or if they thought he was fit and he wasn't or yeah. what happened today exactly. Um, but for me, and I, I love the kid. So of course I want to see this, but I want to see Ruben Loftus-Cheek starting. I yeah. think he has earned that spot. I think Ali has not yeah. earned keeping his spot necessarily. And I want to no. see what Ruben can do with the rest of that eleven. But I suppose in in Southgate's eyes, Ali hasn't done anything wrong apart from take a knock, you know. And That's not, true. We'll get injured, really. So if it yeah, if it was genuinely that, then fair enough. I just yeah, I, I just didn't think he was involved at all, and it bothered me. Yeah, he did go missing, and I think he was the reason that Kane had to drop so deep. So Sweden's up next. How you guys? Obviously, you know, team of destiny. You guys are going to win the whole World Cup, but the other team of destiny or the team that has luck and sort of cosmic 
and forces on their side is Sweden because if you remember, I told you guys about the Ewing theory yeah. and how when you lose your big star player who's almost too much of a black hole Dickhead. or a vortex of <laughs> yeah, um, attention and then they come out and they're all playing as a team and there's that real unity. I think Sweden have been that. They were that through the group stages. It was a boring, boring match against uh, Switzerland. Mm. I think the, that quarterfinal is almost the teams that it doesn't matter how they're playing because they have the universe on their side. And I would, if Sweden weren't playing England, I would be sitting here going, Ewing theory. Right? <laughs> because like they're, I would say they're going straight to the semifinals. But I, I don't know. I think England's going to win it. But there is that one aspect with Sweden. It can still apply in the same way. I mean, I think it says a lot that all three of us today, when we were talking to each other um, off air, that we all slept through the first half of that game. (laughs) (laughs) That was weird. Two of us us because we had too big of a lunch and one of us because they went to the gym. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) You know, like I was looking forward to Sweden's game. Yeah, it wasn't me either. So, (laughs) process of elimination. No prizes for guessing that me and you are the gluttons, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, quite. I was quite looking forward to this game because I thought it was kind of the most interesting in that Switzerland were kind of just eked their way out of their group against Serbia and Sweden maybe as a kind of underrated team um, managed to get through since they were, like you said before and like you said on three episodes now the the Ewing theory kind of aspect of it in that they got out of Zlatan's shadow and they play their system and they play it well you know they they eke out a win yeah they know who they are and they do it well yeah so so in that way I'm still kind of afraid of Sweden um, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, there's no gimmies there's no gimmies oh absolutely not and it's the world cup and i think if you had any gimmies on the way then something was seriously seriously wrong right you guys were joking about it but i'm serious like there is this thing that happens because in america we see playoffs every year so you're used to that teams get hot at the right time in the season and so like every fucking year in baseball a terrible team wins the world series and the best team gets knocked out because of random little things like and so i understand full well that in a knockout competition it is all about that momentum no well not momentum because momentum's oh and two in the round of 16 france and england both (laughs) went through um and belgium for that matter but no it's about like having that positive vibes in the locker room having the team all really showing unity and playing for each other and having, you know, like the team of destiny, basically. Like, I really do genuinely yeah. think that that is a big factor into who wins championships. Obviously, you have to be at a certain base level of quality. Just like, you know, not actually the worst team wins it because you still have to be good enough to get into the playoffs. Like, England are good enough to be in the conversation. And they're nowhere yeah. near as good, I'm sorry to say, as Brazil or or Belgium yeah, or yeah. France, right? I mean, they, Don't that's apologize. just, it's, that's it's just being honest. But <laughs> yeah, absolutely. they're good enough and especially with the draw that they have on this side of the bracket, that even in 90 minutes against Brazil, with a bit of luck and a bit of fate on their side and strength in set pieces, which I think is a really good strategy, they might be able to win this World Cup without having to score from open play. Yeah. And Well, yeah, that's true. But you, And also, you cannot undersell how important it is for us to win a penalty shootout. No. We have, oh. I have grown up with just, oh, it's, it's done. Forget it. Like, you know, me, me and the missus and my boy were watching it 
and he was he has the optimism of youth and not being crushed by <laughs> many, I'll tell many you what, your your young boy has been spoiled far too much oh, Ian. I can God. tell you fucking Entirely. that now. I can I, tell I, you I have that. to tell him it's not always like this, mate. You should just like, cancel I, Christmas now. <laughs> <laughs> England won penalties, so you don't get gifts this year. <laughs> <laughs> My my wife was just like so negative, just like oh I can't do this again. She was like I feel sick, and Finley, my little lad, he was just like it's all right, we'll be all right, won't we? And it's like <laughs> you don't know, mate. And I was just like prepare yourself for disappointment. This is Get gonna to your go room. badly. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't want to watch this, <laughs> but. It, it, it cannot be undersold how important that is. No, and it and it is very very true. Getting that demon of. Uh, what is it now? Twenty-eight years, you know. Of England goes to a penalty shootout. Well, we're out, and all yeah. of a sudden now, that's why I started this episode. I don't, I don't know what to feel now. I don't know how to act now. Yeah. Like England, are we good position. now? Are we good? Can we do stuff? <laughs> Does it not matter if a game goes to the hundred and twenty-second minute? Like I don't understand. Um, yeah, I mean, oh. this World Cup though has just been. So fucking insane. Like, this England match is just one of a slew of amazing, amazing round of 16 matches where, like, up is down, left and right. There's more stoppage time goals and extra time. Like, it's been fucking madness. So, like, I don't blame Uh, you for not knowing what to think. Like No, but I I will say now, and it's it's always easier with the benefit of hindsight, but even if England had lost, I would say this is the best World Cup I've ever seen. Like, or, or I can remember, or it's just crazy. It's just crazy from the group stages of the big teams uh, starting off slow or the knockout stages where anything can fucking happen. Or even if Colombia had come back and won, yeah, it would have been typical England, but fuck, it would have made it that game exciting, which it was, because if it had just been Colombia fouling out the England players and England getting a 1-0 win, we'd have been celebrating, but... No, it would never have felt anywhere near as good as it does. Oh, this has or to feel this, amazing. Well, it feels incredible. Now, it's again, it's not without its negatives, but this this World Cup has been amazing. I, I texted my dad yesterday, before even this England thing today, because yesterday's matches were also insane. Uh, they've all been, they've just all been insane. Like, there's, well, we're going to have to run through them and try to keep it relatively brief so that we're not giving Ian a 17-hour episode. It's also pretty late over there for you guys. I'll just put it out and edit it. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. But I texted my dad and I said, is this the best World Cup ever? Like, it's certainly the best World Cup in my lifetime. Um, a lot of what you read from people who were alive, say Mexico 86, was really amazing. And he said, no, no way. Never seen anything like this. Like, it's, really? it's the best World Cup. Actually, I'll go in earlier because one of our questions, which we only had, like, in the last hour from Emily Drennan, was, uh, is this actually the best World Cup or is it just recency bias? And, I mean, that's a fair point. Like, it's it's easy to go, this is incredible just because we're living it. But I specifically remember the last World Cup going, wow, there are a lot of goals and that was a great World Cup. You know, that was... I remember thinking, this is this is much better than it usually is and this one's just blowing it away, isn't it? It's yeah, not yeah. just 14, recency bias. 14 set the record for most goals in the group stage, which I don't think this one caught up with. And those group okay. stages were really insane in 2014. I remember having this conversation four years ago. Yeah. About like, is this the best World Cup ever? Are we just hyping it up? You know, the, and you think about like that Spain result and Holland, uh, Robin Van Persie with like the ridiculous cheat chipped header, yeah, diving yeah. header. Like that, the, the group stages ah. were 
out of oh, control last time. Filth. But when we got to the <laughs> knockout rounds, like it was pretty boring other than Brazil losing to Germany, you know, 7-1 in Brazil. Like that was dramatic, but everything else was pretty boring and straightforward if I remember. Or the very fact that I don't remember anything else from the knockouts besides that, I think is telling. Whereas here, the group stages weren't quite the 2014 group stages, but they were very exciting independent of that. Like they were up there. Yeah. And yeah. just right away, even just from the round of 16, like even if nothing else exciting happens this World Cup, this round of 16 was like has just been magical. Like just it's simply just, the yeah. fact that every every big team has had to basically had to fight back. Um, yeah. Or get knocked in, out in so many groups or they get knocked out, you know, um, even Germany, Sweden, which like turned out to be for nothing, had the latest goal in World Cup history like that didn't go into extra time. Right. So like a game that finished in quote unquote 90 minutes. That was the latest goal ever. And I meant to look this up today before we recorded because we've had two other in the last 24 hours, 94th minute goals. Like we have to have, I'd imagine if in the top 10, if not the top five, several, four of the latest goals ever in regulation time, right? Like this has just been insane. Um, It's just so much fun. Yeah. It's just fun, and that's what the World Cup is. This is why you wait four years from it. Yeah. And you, you mm-hmm. saying about late goals, you know, it's not just about it. The volume of goals as well has been amazing. France-Argentina is like the first time since God knows when, I don't think ever at all, that there's been a 4-3 game in regulation. In no, that minutes. was the highest scoring knockout goal ever. I remember reading that. Like, and and this... One thing I wanted, because I have notes for all of these games, but they're all like 10 pages long, my notes in my phone. (laughs) Uh, It was France 4, Argentina 3, but the XG for it was 1.6 to 1.0. So like that, I talk a lot about XG. I keep bringing it up in every episode, which by the way, I realized I never said that stands for expected goals for all the uh, listeners that aren't big up on stats and and maybe new to soccer. It was 1.6 for France, 1.0 to Argentina, actual goals 4 and 3. But And I think that we use XG or I use XG to describe like how good a team played in a match. But I think where people get caught up with XG or tripped up with XG is that they're like, well, that means it's broken because, you know, Argentina scored two more goals than they should have. Or It's like, no, no, no. It's not what should have happened. It Because in a given match, like in any given day, there's a lot of variance to what will actually happen. Pavard scoring that absurd goal which must have had almost no xg right because like that comes off one in a hundred times hold on are we are we in danger here of veering really far away from the england game that we can't tangibly make it back right now i know we need to have a way to get back to the england game don't we tune into the new england jizz cast guys and that's what's (laughs) going to happen but pavard is the goal of the goal of the fucking tournament I, ha- I agree. Like, you cannot, it cannot not be. It went down, it went up, it went left, it went right, it went fucking everywhere, and the guys are right back and never fucking scored for France. <laughs> Fuck me. Amazing. amazing. Oh. We talked in the, when we went through the group stages and talked about our favorite goals, you mentioned the Nacho goal as yep. one of yours. And this was like the better version of the Nacho goal, <laughs> yep. like less than two weeks later. Like, it's just been absurd. Absurd. Oh, we should also, I guess, mention Kylian Mbappe being the fastest person in the world. Like fuck me. Usain Bolt yes. was looking at that match going, holy fuck, that guy's fast. <laughs> yeah. Either that or Argentina are old as shit. Well, bit of both. Which they were. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Mbappe's, Mbappe's one to fear. Like, going in, so 
I mean, we could talk about that game, like France 4, Argentina 3. Everyone expected France to win, but I didn't expect it to be that close. And no, that, but that's, so that flatters Argentina. Like, again, we're, we're talking about overperforming XG. Like, that, that does right there. Like, Argentina didn't create three goals worth of attacking in that match. Yeah, yeah. It got real crazy at the end. Like, they were wide open. Both teams were kind of just going back and forth. And I, I foolishly tweeted when France went up 1-0, I was like, oh, perfect. This plays to France's strength. They're just going to sit deep with that watertight defense. They have the super fast counterattack ready to go. And, of course, they'd end up 4-3 because you should never actually tweet or make predictions. But it was, like, super fun to watch. And I think, to me, like, as good as Mbappe was, the man of the match for me would have been Pogba. Because I yeah, think yeah. his yeah, passing well. and just just every, I mean, everything he did, everything he did that day just came off perfectly for them. And I think that he was the heart of those counterattacks and like made it possible for the other guys to do everything that they did. Um, one sort of takeaway going into the quarterfinal for that also is that um, Matuidi is out. He got a yellow card, so he's suspended for the next match. And I think he's important to their ability to allow Pogba to do what he does, or at least in the system that they've been using Pogba in, with having Kante and Matuidi in front of him kind of shielding him um, and also pressing. So we'll see what effect that has because the other team in that quarterfinal is going to be Uruguay. Uruguay 2, Portugal 1. Cavani and Suarez really have an amazing day. Oh, the longest 1-2 in history. Amazing. Fucking hell. Like, what was that? And then Cavani's second goal too, like... Yeah, Cavani second the curling goal, effort, just that yeah. counterattack. But the, yeah, but you're right. That one two, even when Cavani just switched the play, I was like, "Fuck, that's a great switch of play." Like he put that on a dime, and yeah. then Suarez just saw him making a diagonal run, like twenty yard run, thirty yard run, just an insane bomb, and, and found Suarez his head. Just thinks, perfectly. you know what? I'm gonna hit him in the face right now. Yeah. Oh wait, I did. <laughs> like, yeah. Cavani didn't so much hit that as the ball hit him. With Cavani out and Matuidi out, you know, Uruguay's best attacker and France is one of the two guys that sort of make their central midfield be cohesive and allow them to spring forward with the attack. I worry that France will go very conservative without Matuidi to try to make up the difference. And Uruguay, we've already seen, be pretty conservative. You know, because as exciting as as the two goals were from Uruguay, that match in general was pretty fucking boring. Like, the Uruguay-Portugal match was long, long stretches of, like, nothing happening, really. Um, and so, when I look at France-Uruguay in the quarters, I worry that that might turn out to be actually a pretty boring match. But I, I still think France will go through. We should take a moment of silence in honor of Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo probably, I think, having played their last World Cup matches... I don't Fuck know that we'll no ever Eric see Dyer. two players that good <laughs> at the same time. They did and win a shootout. They did and win a shootout. They did and win a shootout. Ah, fuck them. both. Argentina is shit. Portugal is shit. They're, yeah. they're great. Neither of them ever scored in a knockout match at a World Cup, which, like, when you think about Amazing. that... They'll be back for the next World Cup. You think? Yeah. I think they're done. They have to be. I think there's every chance Ronaldo is back. The shape he keeps himself in is incredible. Well, he shows it off every fucking free kick, doesn't he? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. Look at my thighs. Look Are you at looking thighs. at my thighs? Look at them. Nah, I think they're done. I think I think Messi didn't even want to play at this one, to be honest. 
Because he already retired from Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> so I think after this fiasco, he's like, fuck yeah. this. I'm never Well, maybe they didn't want to play each other. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Maybe, you know, one threw the game and then out of respect, the other one just went, oh, you know what? I won't I won't try that hard. Let's keep the debate <laughs> yeah, alive. Yeah, that sounds like them, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, so let's keep this rolling along. The next round of 16 match that we saw was Spain 1, Russia 1. Oh. I am here for all this drama. My God, this World Cup. Like, it, this was, you know, day one was crazy. 4-3 with Argentina was crazy. But this, for me, was the match that really kicked it into another gear in terms of, like, not necessarily quality of play. I don't think that these round of 16 matches have been the best matches, but they have been all about the drama. Like, this World Cup lives for the drama. Yeah, especially on that second day because both of the games went 1-1, extra time, penalties, and keeper heroics. Yeah. You know, you look at the Spain-Russia game, Akinfeyev saved two penalties, one of which with fucking samurai scissor kick. Like, that was the best penalty save I think I've ever seen. Like, that, because he dives past it, and it wasn't like a freak thing yeah. where his limbs were flaying. Like, he meant to stop it with his No, no, foot. he meant to save it. It was insane. Yeah. It was insane. <clears throat> yeah, it wasn't until the ball flew past, you're like, wait, is it going in? Is it? Is it? Wait, no, it's gone past the post. Uh, no, the net's not riffling. Yes! Yeah, amazing. Fuck. Amazing. And the, the match itself was terrible. Like, if the XG through 90 minutes was 0.6 to 0.2. Like, yeah, that's it, it, fucking it, boring. It struck everyone as a fucking dog shit game. And it reminded me of why I hated Spain for all those years. Because, like, and I know this is blasphemy as a soccer fan to, you know, look at that Spain team and how they basically were a mirror image of that Barca team. Greatest team of all time. Won the Euros, the Cup, and then the Euros. Blah, 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 blah. They were so fucking boring to watch. Every I was always, like... Especially my like casual American friends who are like, wow, you must really love this team, huh? They're so good. They're so historic. I'm like, no, actually, I fucking hate this team because they're so boring to watch. They just like slowly take the life out of a match to the point where you're like, why am I watching this? Why am I even watching this? It's they're so boring. They were ponderous. They didn't know what to do with the ball other than keep it, which like at least back in the day, they would keep the ball to try to cut the match, kill the match and like stop the other team from doing anything, but they would eventually pass it forward and score a goal or two. This time, they just held the ball, and then they didn't do anything with it. No, they had, they haven't done anything for six years. So this is what we said like way back in episode one, that it's weird for a team which has as much history and stuff now as Spain, in modern history anyway, that you can see them be so uninspired because... Tiki Taka has been replaced with Shitty Taka. Hey. And it was fucking bollocks. Because they were going pass, 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 but exactly like you said, they weren't then finding that killer ball. There was no one running off. And, you know, as much of a Diego Costa hater I am, it made no sense against Portugal when they brought him off. And I said, even then, I don't understand why they're bringing him off. And then in that game... I didn't understand why they brought him off because he was their outlet player. He's the player that when it comes to the crunch, you know is going to be in the box. When you play that ball across them, across the Russian defence, he's going to be there to tap it in. He's going to be there for the knockdown. He's going to be there making the space for himself. It made no sense that you bring off your one strength in that game because you want to stick to this idealistic way of, no, we are Spain. This is how we play. When you were only identified as playing that way for four years, and yes, you won three trophies, 
But you haven't done fuck all since. Yeah, I like he was the only player who was making any kind of dangerous runs. Like if you watched that match, he was making like textbook. This is what they teach you in high school. Or, like this is the right way to be a striker. He was making those runs, and they just weren't finding him at all. Far post to the near post, like, diagonal across. Yeah. Like no, because they were never looking. No, not at they all. They were never looking for that. They were looking for right. the tap, 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 tap. You know, it's it's the kind of the the way I say that Arsenal used to play, or Arsenal still play, and then Spurs started emulating them, and it was a bit weird. But they want to score the perfect goal. They want to score the pass, 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 pass goal, as opposed to just going, no, you know what? What ultimately matters isn't how beautiful the goal is. It's just the fact right. that we scored the fucking goal. And Costa is that person who will get you the ugly goal, who will just put it yeah. in the fucking yeah, net. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they wasted him. I wish that he had gone for brazil instead of spain because i think he as we look at this brazil team they could definitely find out a way to use him like they play beautiful football but they also will just fucking score a goal if they need to and they win they care about winning a lot more than spain does i think which is why they have the most world cups ever like but yeah i mean we talked about in episode one you like you said this spain team lacking an identity um and just being composed of a bunch of veterans but like no real particular way that they like to play and we did say like and obviously we didn't call russia beating them in any way whatsoever but at the beginning of the world cup we said i worry about this spain team just falling back to old habits by default because they don't know some other way to play and they don't have that cohesion that you want out of a team and that's exactly what happened they went tried to go back to the tiki taka but they weren't good enough anymore to do it they didn't have the right players to do it they weren't doing it the right way and especially with a brand new manager in there, like he's not going to tell them what to do, right? Like, yeah, literally hired the day the World Cup started. Like, he's not going to come in with all these ideas and change things. Of course, they went back to this is what has been comfortable for us for a long time. And they got beaten by a Russia team who have looked pretty good, especially for being like the worst team ever, the <laughs> worst host ever coming into the World Cup. Like, well, they're the. They're the lowest-ranked FIFA team in the tournament, and they were described by the Russian press as the worst Russia team yeah. ever. I mean, I just I want to know what they are taking that makes them so energetic. <laughs> like, it's just, they must really have that belief from the yeah. fans spurring yeah, belief, them on so that yeah. they can still, yeah. yeah. Do, I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, no joke, just though. Watch, like, they were just sprinting Rocky Four. You'll at find out. 120 minutes. Like, they were still dead sprinting as if it was the first minute of the match. They... <laughs> did not get tired and yeah. i don't know why more people aren't talking about the fact that they are almost certainly using steroids so, like <laughs> hate to be the american fan being like steroids 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 but like really they're not like yeah. they have no injuries <laughs> they just run and run and run and run and they never seem to get tired they're all of a sudden way better than they ever used to be i don't think we're going to get ourselves in any legal trouble by saying that russian sports people might occasionally take drugs allegedly no, because it's been it's been proven in the court of law, and they've had some stuff <laughs> yeah. revoked. Um, but Spain should still have more class, and it and it kind of goes into what I was saying before with England that Spain should be able to see them off way before any of that becomes an issue, way before fitness becomes an issue, way before the potential of taking steroids yeah. becomes an issue. They should just fucking bury them, and that's what is so great about this World Cup. And as what has kind of happened um, 
in the game, which means now Russia will play them with Croatia against Denmark. That Croatia just came off the back of a really good win against Argentina, which bear in mind, we all kind of said, oh, yeah, Argentina, like, aren't that great in that group? And Croatia should see them away. And the Croatia coach said that that was the easiest game in their group. <laughs> I love that. It, it Amazing. But they should be able to see past Denmark. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, if anything, they are lucky that they didn't do a Spain and get knocked out. You know, we had said that, like, if Spain played to their level, they have a straight path to the final, right? Because they're by far the best team on that side, even including England. But they didn't at all play to their level, which you basically called, Chuck. So good job on that. Like, they were awful. And Croatia very nearly did the same thing. Like, they also are a much better team than Denmark. And in, but it was a super boring match. Like, super, super boring. Oh, awful. And you've got to feel for Schmeichel because to yeah. save three penalties oh, in a game. What else could he do? Fucking hell. Oh, the ball's on Modric to come back up like and that. take one during the <clears> shootout, <throat> though. Yeah. Good good on you, dude, because that was... Yeah, I mean, it's easy when you're one of the best players in the world. Um... Sure, but say that to Arjen Robin. Like, he's missed <laughs> yeah. a couple of big penalties and then refused to take them in penalty shootouts, and then, like, they're, they're, his team goes on to lose. Right? Not a single team on this side of the bracket has had a good match in the round of 16. Again, we talked. There's been crazy drama, but actually, most of the matches have been pretty bad. Like Croatia didn't look good. They barely put away Denmark. It had to go to like, you know, it, it was like really, really, really lucky that they got through. I think more than anyone else. Russia are still Russia as much as they put a shitty Spain team away. Spain who fell asleep and like it still took penalty kicks. Sweden, Switzerland, like we just said, was whatever. Yeah, I guess Sweden basically did their job. But they don't look good. That wasn't a good match. I wasn't impressed by them in any way. No. And England went no. through on penalties. Amazing mental fortitude. Went to... through on penalties. <laughs> went through on penalties. Say it. But, I mean, the reason I bring this up is that that's got to give hope to England fans. Again, like, like you're going to the final. No one's been good on this side of the bracket. The only team that could have really been good was no. Spain, and they're gone. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, England, England, England haven't been convincing at all. In this no, tournament. but and if I, no and one's still, being convincing and they're again, the best team... Uh, yeah, but again, I... You know, it's easy for me to say this based on what I said in the last episode, especially with the benefits of hindsight, that England haven't had a real test yet. You know, they've played Tunisia, they've played Panama with their first team, and they've, they've seen those away. Then they haven't played Belgium. Then they've played Colombia, who went for foul play and to wind England up for however many minutes and then nicked a winner at the end and then England won on penalties. Bizarre as it is for me to say that. Do you want to say that one again? Say it again. <laughs> say it oh my time. God. Won on penalties. Oh, oh, that's nearly to completion. <laughs> Fuck. Um, <laughs> and so uh. I still, my reserves about the England team are, are still there. And I, and I think against a team like Sweden who are disciplined, who will play with a very, very strict game plan and know what they're about can potentially be another banana skin for England in the same way that Colombia could. Bruv, listen to me. Listen to me, bruv. All right, I'm going to say this one more time for you. 
It's coming home. <laughs> All right. It's coming home. Oh, dear. That's a Germany fan saying that I as know, well. I know. Well. And they are home. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Oh, you want me to be nice? And now England like got that? two rounds oh, ahead of say, Germany. Yeah. Name the yeah, last you know, time that fucking so happened. Never, because I believe Germany made the semifinals of the 66, didn't they? Uh, Germany made the finals of 66. Oh, was it? Yeah, oh, was it, it was, against England? It was West it, it, Germany that yes. we. Yeah. Oh shit! I didn't know that. I mean, technically, I lying, Germany have only won the World Cup once. All right, all right. Okay, well, we can cut that because out. Because the rest of the times they were West Germany. Don't, don't fucking cut that out. We are not cutting that out. <laughs> don't you fucking dare! Please. <laughs> no. West Germany. Honestly, didn't beat there us. was Oscar sitting there, cool as a pomegranate. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! Uh, <laughs> and it's it's weird that now, like we've gone on in this episode for for long enough time, without talking about the the final quarterfinal, which is technically the two most exciting teams in the whole tournament, Brazil and Belgium. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, I was just saving that one for last because it's the best one. Like, if you don't have that circled in your calendar, you're insane. Because those are as good as France had a day against Argentina. Those are the two best teams in this World Cup so far. Hands down. Right? And so, like, Brazil 2, Mexico 0. And that was fully a 2-0 performance. Like, the XG was 2.5 to 0.5. So, basically, right up where you thought they'd be. But, like, even just based on the eye test. Like, that's... You know, Mexico attacked Brazil, especially out wide. Um, They tried to isolate the weakness where Marcelo was missing. But Brazil just withstood it. And their individual brilliance, like the individual players that they have, just shut it down. And, and you know, when push came to shove, they, they got the win and they fully deserved it. Like, they're just so strong all over the pitch. They have a good central midfield. Like, Casemiro is going to be suspended for the Belgium match, yeah. which we talked about Matuidi. Normally, you'd be like, oh, wow, Casemiro, their best central midfielder, is suspended. But Fernandinho is going to come in. So, like, that's not a drop-off, really. And they have, obviously, Neymar. If they had Douglas Costa healthy on the right wing, he'd be amazing. Willian had a great performance, which he hadn't done yet. They have Coutinho. They have the central defenses strong. Like, they're just... The whole lineup, top to bottom, is just fantastic. And so, I don't see what Mexico can even... Or Mexico lost. I don't see, like, how anyone doesn't see that they're the favorite for this World Cup right now. But because... Brazil still haven't looked that convincing. I don't. I don't think. I don't. I don't still see any team as a favourite for this competition, um, whatsoever. Because, you know, yes, Brazil beat Mexico, but Mexico just got hammered by Sweden. Um, had Brazil on the back foot for probably about the first twenty minutes of that game, and granted, you know, it's a ninety-minute game or whatever, but. They got two good balls in and got two goals. Um, I don't. I don't think Brazil have been that convincing, and I don't think Belgium have been that convincing in this World Cup. Yeah, yet. but you just want to hate Belgium, like you, from the first minute. <laughs> both of you guys were like, "Oh, Belgium sucks. They're not going to do anything." Like you got to stay on that horse, right? Once you make that point, you got to keep driving home. They've been fantastic. Like you guys are. <laughs> Fuck! I was so upset that Belgium beat Japan, and it was. <sighs> Oh, it was such a good performance from Japan and they went arrogant so late on that the, the fact that they were still trying to to see that game away 
and 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 put Belgium to bed. You know, when they were two all um, after Japan had a good performance and granted, I think on the first goal for Belgium, the keeper kind of lost his placing. Um, he didn't really realise where the goal was and suffered for that. And then the second goal is a, it's just a textbook Fellaini goal. Like he's going to be there in the middle and he's going to be the tallest and he's going to head it in. Um, but for the third goal, no way should um, Japan be committing that many people forward for a corner so late on. Um, yeah. And they suffer for it. But well played on Lukaku for being so unselfish and leaving oh my God. that ball for Chadley. Yeah. Like, Fuck me, like, to not hit that ball and leave it. Well, he first he, he started off on the right wing, and he runs diagonally towards the goal, dragging the fullback with him, which then creates the space for De Bruyne to play the pass out wide and wide open out there. And then Lukaku has the wherewithal to change direction and start running diagonally back towards the right, to drag two defenders with him, leaving Chadley wide open on his left, and then plays that amazing dummy. In that situation, to play a dummy, like the balls on that kid, and and then Chadley scores. Like Lukaku, I think, was 80% of the credit for that goal. Everyone else ran and yep. did their job and like executed perfectly. And I'm trying not trying to take credit away from them, but just the like tactical awareness of Lukaku to do everything he did there. He was basically a linebacker for De Bruyne, and he, and then like a bishop in chess, and then a battering ram. Like he was just all of those things at the same time. Fucking amazing by him. Absolutely, he sold Mounier's ball. Mounier playing that ball across, and you think as a defender, you would always think, right, he's gonna hit this. And so they play him, and the fact he leaves it, and it is such a perfect ball for him to hit. And for him to go the unselfish route and leave that for Chadley. Yeah, because if he had shot there, he could have scored probably. It, yeah, he and if he scored. missed, like no one in the world says, why did you shoot there? He's their star striker. He's in the box and it's on his foot. Like he easily could have shot. But to play the dummy, it's just, it blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. But you said Japan played really well. I don't think they did. I think they were really lucky to be up 2-0. And like, and then... Belgium's class just showed through. Like, I don't think that's a fluke result. Yes, Belgium came back and it's like the latest regulation time comeback or the biggest comeback ever in the World Cup. Like, no one had been down by two, especially not with 20 half, minutes yeah. to go. Yeah, second half. But then even, not even just second half. Like, it was the 70th minute. Mm. Right? And I, I texted you guys right before when Japan scored that second goal. I knew you would get this one in. Oh, of course. Yeah, I got it, Brad. You've got it. You've got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I earned it. I went straight to the group chat and I was like, hey guys, Belgium's still going to win this. You know that, right? And you were like, oh, you're crazy. Blah, blah, blah. blah. What have you been drinking today? Nope. Bang. Right away. 3-2. And like, that was fully deserved. Japan's XG was less than one. It was 0.8. So for them to score two goals, like, that's just a good day. You know, you introduced that variance that we were talking about before, but like, they didn't, they didn't play Belgium off the pitch. It was 3.0 to 0.8 for the XG. So to me, that shows that, like, yes, Japan were in it. And, yeah, you can always have, like, one more goal than your XG. That's not a freak occurrence. It's not It's not like they had 0.1 or something. But, they. But like, saying that they were better than Belgium, I think is 
they were pretty well evenly matched, and Belgium ultimately had but, the better players. Yeah, but why do, why do you think Belgium went two goals down then? And do, does it not worry you for the next round, the fact that the Belgium playing Brazil now, if if a team like Japan can hit them and, and Belgium can start off a bit slow, Brazil can hurt them. Sure, absolutely. I do. I, I think that probably Brazil's going to win that match. Um, but I do think that Belgium are the team most well-suited to getting into like a blow-for-blow, blow, you know, 4-3 kind of match against Brazil. Like they, they also can attack as well as anybody, as well as Brazil. And score, and so like they can. I think it's just going to be back and forth, back and forth. Like neither of those teams is going to show up to try to close the door and shut down shop like the way France. It's going to be the opposite of France Uruguay, right? Like France Uruguay is that morning, and I think that could be a really boring match. And I think that Belgium Brazil is just going to be wide open. Japan's two finishes were really good finishes, like inch perfect, mm. right? Neither of those were like completely clear and obvious goal scoring chances. One, he's running wide, and he had to place it, like, inch-perfect into the bottom left corner. And then another one was just, like, a worldie from distance. Right? Yeah, but but the Tongans' first goal is luck. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. And fortune, and fortune as well. And it. What I'm saying, though, is that Belgium didn't give any clear so goal-scoring opportunities. Like, there's nothing that happened in that match where I was like, oh, shit, systematically, Belgium are breaking down here. And there is a weakness for Brazil to target and exploit. I just think that a couple of individual errors, which can happen here and there, led to Japan's goals. But it wasn't like a no. systematic thing. No, but it's it set up the most exciting quarterfinal that could have happened, or the most exciting knockout game that could have happened in this tournament, with a little bit of narrative in there that one of the, that both of those teams can be a little bit weak. And and I. Think that's great, and and it, and it's good to see a game like Brazil Belgium, and just be like, you know what? As a pure watch, I really, really, really want to see that. Yeah, and cannot predict it either way. Anyway, no, no, no. Whatever's going to happen, I think if Willian because... has a game like because Douglas Costa is still not fully healthy, and when he came on in the second match, I think it was he was so so good for them, but then he got hurt. And Willian hadn't quite been stepping up, but he did this last match. Like, his touch to take out six defenders for the play that was the first goal was ridiculous. Like, he dummies the, or not, he fakes the shot and then hits it to the left of the defender and turns on the Jets, which Willian can do as well as basically anyone, with the exception of probably actually Hazard. Um, Those are the two guys who can, on a dime, just accelerate like crazy. Um, oh, and, and Mbappe, obviously. But, like, Willian's <laughs> yeah, he, touch... He goes on a dive and then goes past half the fucking team. Yeah. I mean, he took the he took, he took took their defense completely out of it and then squared it across for a perfect goal for Neymar. Who, by the way, while we're on the subject of Neymar, Jesus Christ, man. Like, he makes it so hard to like him. Absolutely. He's a embarrassment. Prick. Fuck, like he's a prick. <sighs> I used to work with. So I've said before on this on this podcast that I used to work with a few guys from Brazil, and it was the same for the Brazil uh, World Cup four years ago. And even then, I used to speak to a good mate of mine who was called Felipe. And every time you used to speak about Neymar, you'd just go, "Neymar is prick." <laughs> <laughs> 
And so I've just kind of lived that value ever since that, <laughs> you know, fair enough. There was that thing off the field with the stamp or, or whatever you want to call it, where the guy like leant over and, and picked up the ball, but he just rolls and you're like, mate, this is why you'll never, ever, ever be the greatest of all time. Ever. Yeah, or get a call. Like, he never gets a call because he's such no. a flop. Yeah. Because yeah. he's a fucking little... It hurt, it's, like, not even to his own benefit. I don't understand. Like, I mean, I do understand. He's South American, so there you go. But, like, he hurts himself. It's the Diego Costa effect, too. Like, Diego Costa never gets a call, even when he deserves a call. Yeah. Because yeah, he's, he's such a shithead most of the time, right? And so it's the same thing for Neymar. Like, yeah, fine, you got your foot stepped on. But then he, like... Someone on Twitter... Said that he looked like he was from The Exorcist. So he was just like <laughs> flailing and screaming, and they were expecting his head to do a 180 and him to start vomiting. On yeah. Everyone, like, and then, you know, the 10 seconds later, he's running around. And it's like, no one believes you, bro. No, he's the kid at school who comes back from the weekend and is like, you guys, there was a supermodel convention, and we partied <laughs> with the supermodels, and I took three of them home. It was the best weekend ever. And everyone's like, I was upset to not see you there, Oscar. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Neymar, man. I, like, and you, you want to like him because he's so talented, right? Like, he's probably the most talented player left in this World Cup. Yeah. No, I mean, I'd, I'd rather watch Hazard than, than Neymar any day of the week. Yeah, yeah, but Hazard, in terms of like the ceiling of their t- talent level or ability, I think Neymar has him just slightly beat. Like I think it's yeah, just but, straight up but talent only because, But the only reason I see Neymar is beating him is because right, Neymar's still a little prick. So if he wasn't a little prick and actually just played the game and worked out and stood up and went, no, you know what, I'm just going to beat everyone that's in front of me, he would be okay. Unfortunately, yeah. I just do not see that ever happening with him. Yeah, same. but Hazard has that inconsistency also in terms of like there are definitely matches where he's, he just gets fed up. And he starts walking around slow. And you're like, oh, he's not on today. Shit. Okay. Like, I, I can tell within five minutes whether Hazard is going to play like a 95 on FIFA or he's going to play like a 70 on FIFA. Because that those are the two versions of Hazard that you get. And I see it every yeah. week in, week out with Chelsea. And he does just have like an off switch. with Which Neymar... I've never seen that from Neymar. Granted, I don't watch as much of Neymar as I do of Hazard, obviously, as a Chelsea fan. But I've never seen him switch off. He'll have off days, and he never stops with the fucking flopping and stuff. But, like, Hazard just, just you know, gives up on matches sometimes. So, I don't know. I mean, that's a, to me, those are the two best players left. At least best players who aren't currently playing for France. And it sucks that they have to play each other this early. Because I would love to have seen Brazil-Belgium in the final. Um, really? You wanted a Brazil-Belgium final? No, 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 no. Because, well, it never was going to work out that way with the brackets and stuff. I, no, it could have done. It could have done. Because if England Belgium could have. Right? Yeah, exactly. Which I predicted. And, and England should have won their fucking group. Dude, how dumb are Belgium right now? Looking at the right side of that bracket. Like, yeah. they would. It would probably be a Brazil-Belgium final. I think, the, no, you know what? I Yeah, I do wish that had been the final. Because those are the two most exciting teams to watch. All right, so we did say we were going to do actual score predictions this week so we can start putting our money where our mouths are and um, bragging to each other about who's smarter and all that sort of stuff. So let's just go through quarterfinals one by one. First up is France-Uruguay. Chuck, who you got? Uh, France, for sure, to win. 
I think this will probably be the the time that they actually show their class. Um, nab themselves a clean sheet, get a bit of separation from a team, and I'll go for 2 0 France. Stimmers? I am going to go for a boring 0 0, and I think Ooh. it's going to go all the way to penalties. So, uh, who wins on penalties? Well, England do, Chuck. Um, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, we do! <laughs> England! <laughs> England! <laughs> Any excuse to bring it in? Any excuse? Yeah, quite, quite. But I will I will go France on penalties in the end. But yeah, I think it's going to be nil-nil all the way. Uh, I'm with you, Stimmers, on the nil-nil to extra time. And then I got France 2-0 in extra time. Okay. So, that's me. So, um, you've got the middle ground. Right there. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I should go first for yeah. the next one so that I don't just seem like I'm stealing <laughs> yeah, your guys' yeah, ideas. On, yeah. uh, next one is Russia, Croatia, right? Croatia won, yeah. Um, I think Russia will win. I think Russia have a momentum on their side. Everybody <laughs> loves momentum. Uh, Croatia didn't look good. Russia are allegedly, maybe, probably on steroids. Um, and do have like the referees and the home crowd. Everything is on their, going in their favor. So I got Russia going through um, 1-0. 1-0. Ooh, I go Croatia 2-1. I go Croatia 1-0 just to nick it. Ooh, Ooh. all right, all right. Cool, Ooh. so we actually have some disagreement there. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Brazil and Belgium, I'm going to go. Ooh, I don't want to call this one. I don't know. Why don't you go first? Yeah, I don't think any of us want to call this one. <laughs> <laughs> I I think 1-1. One, one. It goes to extra time and Brazil nick it. 2-1. Um, let's go Brazil 2-0. Normal time. No wow. extra time. Wow, that's balls. That is, yeah. Someone's drunk off <laughs> England's victory. <laughs> and alcohol. And weird Lithuanian off-brand Jaeger. <laughs> <laughs> it's not weird Lithuanian off Fran Diego thank you very much <laughs> Devin Yeridios uh, I'm gonna go oh fuck it 3-2 Belgium no what did I just three, do 3-2 yeah, Belgium, Belgium. No, let's go no no I did it it's no out there no takesies yeah yeah fuck it yeah 3-2 Belgium <sighs> and now Sweden England yeah <laughs> Oscar, can you go first and talk for about eight minutes, please? <laughs> I'm going to be a real dick and say that England nil-nil to penalty kicks. You shut your goddamn mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and England win. Oh, okay. Christ. I was ending the call there, Oscar. I just scared for a second. Chuck? Ian? No, all right, okay. <laughs> no, fuck off. You're not pulling on me right now, bitch. Right, okay. <laughs> okay, I will go England 2-0. I want to be an optimist. I want to see I want to see goals from open play. So I'm going to go England 2-0. See, I'm going to go for England 1-0 uh, and dragging out another game based on set pieces. Give me yeah. your goal scorers then. Really put your money where your mouth is. Harry Maguire. <laughs> That's not a bad shout. He's looked good. Yeah. To be yeah. honest, like I hated him before this tournament, but man, he's looked like the marauding kind of weird pressing, actually showing something going forward. He looks like what we were promised that John Stones would be. Yeah, but John yeah. Stones was promised as being the, the ball playing 
defender of the back three. Remember when Everton turned down forty million from Chelsea <laughs> for John Stones and then bragged yeah, about but, it? But they accepted fifty million from City. Sure. <laughs> so <laughs> But they went and bragged for a whole year about how oh John Stones, John Stones. Yeah, and John Stones was shit then. I think Chelsea dodged a bullet there. I'm happy about that one. Ian, who are you two goal scorers? Um I'll go uh Sterling to break his duck. Yay. Oh, God, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Kane to get another one. Golden Great. boot. Do we officially minute. stand for Raheem Sterling on this pod as he, like, we defend him against all takers? Yeah. I think so. We, de- we defend Sterling. Team Sterling. Absolutely. Okay, good, good. Official position of the pod then. Yeah. Uh, So that's it. That's our score predictions. Uh, Do we have any listener questions this week? Yes, we do have a couple of listener questions. I'll keep it short. We're... uh. All high on the elixir of uh, winning a penalty shootout. Winning a penalty so. shootout! <laughs> so I'll do the standard uh, Dave Matteo question that we have to do every week. He's just gone for what's your favourite? <laughs> He's gone for what's your favourite chocolate bar? Oh, now this Ooh. is going to be tough because we don't have the same chocolate bars in America yeah. that you guys do. Exactly. No, yeah. but English English chocolate smashes American chocolate because American chocolate is dog shit and chemical. Uh, I can't say I disagree. I'm not a big chocolate person, to be honest. Um, I much prefer like gummy candies, chewy stuff, fruit flavored. Um, but in, when I am going to have a chocolate kit snack, I usually go for a Kit Kat. Do you guys have Kit Kat over there? Do we have Kit Kat? You, you, you do have Kit Kat. Okay, I don't know. Um, Kit Kat or Twix. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go with Twix, but left Twix. Specifically, because if you are a right Twix person, you can go fuck yourself. I am sorry, but only left Twix is the only one that you're allowed to eat. Okay, so we'll go for Twix. Well, <laughs> funnily enough, my I'll have to check with my sister on this. My great-granddad worked for Cadbury at the time no. that Twix was invented and is the person that created the Twix. Your family member invented Twix. Apparently, yes. Now, is that <laughs> a true story? Because my dad claims that he invented the yo-yo. So, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I totally made that up, Dad. I love you. He didn't make up the yo-yo. It's like an ancient toy. Um, but I don't know if I believe your sister. I've never met her, but I'm just saying. Like, I... She'd smash your face in. But... Um... <laughs> What is happening right now? Uh, <laughs> England won a fucking penalty shootout. That's what's going on right now, Oscar. No, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is late over there. Jesus Christ, guys. Um, my favorite chocolate bar is... I don't really like chocolate bars, actually. Same as you, Oscar. Like, I'd go for, uh, for more of a gummy candy. Jelly beans. I do like jelly beans. That's not chocolate. Or wine gums. Wine gums are kind of my favorite. It's like... Pinnacle of sweet. So, Dave, your question sucks. We hate chocolate. We're yeah, Swedish yeah. fish. First fail for Dave Stateo. <laughs> although, although Dave did tell me pre-tournament that his pick for the whole thing was Kane to win the Golden Boot and France to win. So, oh bloody hell! Yeah. Okay, and uh, we've got another one as well from uh, Johnny OG. If you had to go on a lads' holiday with three of the England squad players, who would you choose? 
Well, it's got to be Vardy, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I hadn't thought of that, actually. A yeah, number one. A number one is is Jimmy Vardell. Um, yeah. Because, you know... He br- Case full of Skittle vodka. Yeah, he brings a party. He'll have, he'll have a hip flask. He won't... He won't fuck about. Raheem Sterling, because fuck what the papers say. He's a lovely guy. Yeah, can you just give him a hug for me and tell him that he's a good person? Yeah, exactly. Like you don't need you don't need all this hatred towards Raz. Like it's it's ridiculous. And ah, uh, number three. Number three Well, based on the proceedings of this evening, it's gotta be Jordan Pickford, isn't it? Well, because he saved go. a penalty for England in a World Cup penalty shootout, lads! I'm surprised you didn't say Jordan Henderson so you could punch him in the face. <laughs> Fuck him. Nah, come on. Anyone who anyone who steps up and takes a penalty is fine by me. After, like, bottlers like Paul Ince or whatever, anyone who takes steps up and takes one, fine fair by enough, me. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, true. I got my answer now. Uh, I thought a little bit about it. Go on. I'm going to say... I'm going to take two of them as like a pair. So I'm going to take two of my spots, but you got to take Deli Ali and Eric Dyer together because I don't know if you guys know this, but they're like super duper best friends. Best buds. And they're like adorable as hell on Twitter. They're always like making videos for each other. They just seem like a real good time. Like they just love each other to death. And they're all about like, you know what? Forget like toxic masculinity. I love you, bro. It's all good. So I I feel like I'd be down to hang out with them. And then for my third person hmm that's tough like part of me wants to say Ruben Loftus-Cheek because I love him and I'm obsessed with him and maybe he wants to be friends with me if I meet him and I can convince him that I'm a nice guy I don't know um romance I also kind of want to go Raheem Sterling but you already said it like to give him a hug and say you're you're a good person you know people hate you for bad reasons (laughs) um but I think I'm gonna go with Jay Ling's Jesse Lingard as much as Chuck hates him I could just take selfies with him and send him to Chuck and be like, we're having a good time. He seems like a chill dude. He likes to dance. You know, he likes a good celebration. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think... I've, I've never seen Chuck so quietly angry. <laughs> Thoughts, Chuck? Yep. Yeah, Chuck's dropped off the line, <laughs> it seems. Yeah, yeah, weird. Strange. <laughs> how, how strange. Jesse Lingard's uh, a c- I... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. James Corden's a c- <laughs> Oh dear. There's that Lithuanian fucking Jägermeister. <laughs> I might, yeah, I might cut. <laughs> if you're gonna cut that, then we'll start again. <laughs> no, no, it's alright. I, I, I if I you're can, gonna cut it, you like, fucking cut. cowards. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> I knew. I, episode five, when we're getting into this. I don't like James Corden. He's not a nice man. <laughs> I've seen him twice in public. True story. True story, I've seen him twice in public. I've seen him once coming out of a McDonald's. Yeah, obviously. And the other time I've seen him coming out of a KFC. Both good restaurants. Oscar, we need to talk about your definition of restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> when you're sad and having a cry, crying meal in a parking lot, where do you go? KFC. Because Germany are out of the World Cup. <laughs> I was pissed that you guys didn't lose today. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you were. I was I like, you were. fuckers need to be as miserable as I am. Oh, if they're going to lose on penalties it's again, it's going to be great. you can't pick the right team. It's not my fault you can't pick the right team, Oscar. That <laughs> one of yours doesn't make it to the finals and one of yours doesn't make it to the knockouts. I'm sorry. 
But we did it. <laughs> England won a penalty fucking shootout in the World Cup. And that's all that matters. And ladies and gentlemen, I think that's a good time to just fucking end it. So before Chuck wraps up with a definitely not slurred outro, uh, I'd just like to say we are now a five-star <laughs> podcast on iTunes and it'd be lovely if you could rate or review us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. If you could review us five stars, that would be amazing. We'd really appreciate it. And get your questions into us on Facebook and Twitter at Miles Offside Pod. Chuck, would you like to outro us? Actually, you know, I think Chuck might be about to fall off his chair. So I'm going to do the outro here. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening and having a wonderful evening with us. Um, gonna it's, be a... coming it's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming Football's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming Football's coming home. We won a penalty shootout, ladies and gentlemen. And on that note, good night. Unbelievable, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very, 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 very much for joining us. Uh, my name's Chuck. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter if you really want to. If not, I'll just be celebrating. It'll be great. Fuck off. Cheers. <laughs>